Okay, here we go. I'm going to start the music right now. Do it. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we uh, we talk about our fearless beer review. Uh, we talk about our vinyl pickups that leads into our songs of the week. Then we wrap it up with some new music and other happenings in the in the music world. My name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, way out there, is Jeff. Yeah. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Uh, follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Please give us five stars on on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to call it nowadays. Please go do that. We also have a phone number. You can call us, leave us a message, uh, text us. Uh, the phone number is 503-893-5307. Uh, we even got a text message just a couple days ago from somebody. He, uh, he said, hey, I've been enjoying the podcast. Any chance you guys get around to checking out Devo's Oh No, It's a Devo record? Oh no, it's Devo. I can't even read. Pod reading's <laughs> fucking hard. It's, Ooh, it's this a is Devo. rough. I think it's Mario. It's a Devo. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, we haven't done that record. Well, we haven't done any Devo records, actually. But if we were going to do a Devo record, it would probably be their first record, right? Yeah. Like you would agree with me on that? Yeah, it has to be their first record. Yeah. Not, not to say this record's bad, because it's not at all. It's, it's a good I'm record. Saying it. I don't like that record. Well, you probably you probably never really listened to it. I had it on the vinyls, and I listened to it and got rid of it. And then I told you that it wasn't that good, and then you got on the vinyls. We're like, oh, it's uh, it's okay. You probably what probably happened was the record that was in the Devo sleeve or the jacket probably wasn't Devo oh, yeah. record. This makes sense. So you listened to something different. Yeah, that's probably what it was. I mean, it's a mistake. It happens. I mean, you make mistakes. I don't. What's new? I What's don't. Fucking new? I don't. But uh, but yeah. Anyway, thank you for that. You know, um, we'll do Devo sometime soon in the future. Because why the fuck not? We've never done them. And uh, so with that being said, let's uh, let's get past this stuff and let's get right into our fearless beer review. What do you got, Jeff? Go. I I have a beer. Did we from from this brewery down the street called Flying Bassett Brewery? And I think. I think we ate there once with like you and Ryan when we first when I first moved out here. Mm, maybe I'm pretty sure we might have. I don't know. I it's hard for me to even describe it because it's literally just like I haven't been there in years, <laughs> but it's just a very run of the mill brewery. The way it looks on the inside, it just it's very generic looking. Oh, I think I know where you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. They had yeah. really good food though. Like I remember their food being really fucking good, but the beer the was really bad service. I remember. Yes. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible service. It was just. It was just. But they had like just opened, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I don't know, but yeah, the service was pretty shit. The food was phenomenal, and the beer was was okay. But I yeah. every time I see them out somewhere like a new one, I always pick it up and and try it. And they have a good stout, so. I, I drink that on the reg, but today I saw this one for the first time, and it's called Darth Bassett, right? Okay. And right. it's a name. it's a Star Wars inspired beer, 
and it's their Schwarz beer. Schwarz beer. And uh, I didn't know what that was, so I looked it up, and it's a it's a dark lager from from Germany, and it's usually oh yeah that's it's re- usually really dark, opaque, black with hints of chocolate and coffee flavors. It's yeah it's five percent, so it's not it's not gonna sound give me cray cray, but um, man it's cool looking. It's I don't know the whole can itself is cool, and it's got the scroll on it, and it just it mm-hmm. tells you a little bit about the beer in that iconic Star Wars scroll and. That's, I don't know, that's badass. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like the theme. Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much buy almost anything if, as long as it's Star Wars theme, right? Like, it's, Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's, that's just what we do. That's what happens. Yeah, we're, we're, uh, we're knuckleheads. Yeah, and it's cool because the Star Wars font, they copied our, our font our, for our podcast, so that's always yeah, interesting. Yeah. Fun fact for everybody out there. But yeah, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I got. All right, I thought you were going to say something, but never mind. Okay, um... My what I have, what I have is have. to kind of go in theme with the the album of the week. I decided to go with something a little bit, a little bit malt licorice. So uh, I went with the Miller High Life. I got a twenty six ounce of of this, and uh, or no, I think it's a thirty two ounce. I'm sorry, this is a thirty two ounce. And uh, I haven't had a Miller High Life in several several years. It's always kind of a rough beer, but it is the champagne of beers. At four point six percent, and uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot. This might take up most of the pod. This thirty-two ounce beer, and it might what be a little bit toasty. It? Four point six. Four point six. Yeah, so it's like a Coors Light. Dude, Coors Light's four point five, right? You, but you're essentially going to drink that for the next like hour and a half, and it's going to get warm and disgusting. It's get warm. I know. All this work I, for four point six. I know. I think I might just drink half of it because yeah, yeah it's going to get too warm. Drink half it, cab it, put in the fridge, <laughs> finish it up tomorrow. <laughs> it does, yes. I mean, it does have a twist off cap, which is very, uh, very nice, very convenient for those trying to save a couple bucks on beer, not waste it. So let's uh, let's let's do this, and then we'll we'll rate the beer uh, with our world famous three point rating system. Where three, or well, I'll talk about that after. So let's just um, let's take a drink. So here we go. Here we go. Ooh. Oh my god! How is that? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, I want to take two big swigs. I'm trying to get. I want to try to get through it as fast as I can. Oh, so it's it's uh, delicious. <laughs> I mean, it tastes exactly how I remember it. I do wish it was colder. It would be much fucking better if it was colder. Why is it not cold? I think it's just because there, there's just so much liquid within one bottle, so it doesn't stay cold once you take it out of the refrigerator. Like it instantly starts to warm. Like there's no there's no stopping it. Uh, and you, have you noticed like whenever you buy forties or thirty two ounce bottles of anything, like even when you go to the store and take it out, it's not even like that cold. It's always kind of starting to get lukewarm, and that's how this is. It's uh it's quite the beer. So, like I said, we have a world famous rating system where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink, one is a bad beer. But you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. So, what do you give your um, your uh, your beer? What do you got? It's good. I mean, like literally, my explanation of what a Schwarz beer is is exactly what this tastes like. And it's it's good. It's not it's not super lagery. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't I don't like that that lagery taste. <laughs> but I'm definitely getting getting some Chaco here, and it's it's solid. It's real thin. 
not a like not a lot of that that residual sugar stickiness left, and uh, I like it. It's good. I'll buy this again. Good. A little pricey, but I'll buy it again. Would you get like a, a crawler of it or? I got four six sixteen ounce cans, and they were it was eighteen ninety nine plus tax. Oof. Yeah, that's pricey for you. But then I looked on for you. Flying Bassett's website. I was like, yeah, I wonder if it's like way cheaper if the liquor store just marked it up like crazy. On their website, they sell it for sixteen ninety nine for four pack of cans. So hmm. the liquor store only marked up two bucks, which is fair. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah that's fair. All right. So wait, what, what was your rating then? Oh, this is uh, I give it two point two five. Oh, okay. Not bad. Yeah. I, I I thought it was going to be really bad for you. Mm. That you'd hate it. Yeah. No. I, this is this is good. All I right. like this. Good have stuff. you ever Have you ever seen Street Kings? No. What is that? Street Kings, the movie with Keanu Reeves, replays no, the not. the cop and Commons in it. It's it's, it's fantastic. I mean, Keanu Reeves plays in nothing but bangers almost. <laughs> so there's there's a scene in Street Kings where the game, the rapper, the game's in it, and they come to like interrogate him. But before they do. The game sit in front of his TV eating cereal, but he has no milk or or, or OJ even. So he pours mm-hmm. his forty in his cereal and oh eats it. It's so gross. So every time I look at like any kind of malt liquor, I think of that scene and just gag. <laughs> it's disgusting. Yeah, that's awful. <sighs> All right, so my Miller High Life, my champagne of beers. Uh, as I've been going, trying to drink it as fast as I could, it's actually getting better. That I, I just I forgot what it tasted like, so that first that first swig really caught me off guard. Uh, it was very surprising, but ah uh, man, this is this is making me gassy. First of all, I'm already getting very full. I'm burping a lot. Disgusting. I'm trying to keep that out of the the mic, but uh, yeah, it's just just go try it. Anybody who's never had this, just go try it, just to experience. To experience uh, the working man's beer, let's just say that the working man's beer right here, or the <laughs> old, the old, the old man beer. Really, this is what—that's what this is. Um, and with that being said, I would give this a one point seven five. It's not terrible, but I—I I would only really go back to this like just for sh- shit like this on the podcast, just that's for like, fun and for shit. One point seven five is dangerously close to a two. That is, that is, that's scary. All right. I'll, I'll I'll drop it down to a one point five out of three. Even that. 1. I mean 5. I I I'd give it a I'd give it a one point two five because <laughs> I will never ever do it. But if anyone ever says, Oh, let's play Edward Forty Hands, like, okay, I'm down. You would do it with Miller High Life? Yeah. If that's all you wouldn't, yeah, do, if, no. you wouldn't do Bud Light or Budweiser or No, if you do Edward Forty Hands, you gotta drink something disgusting. That's the whole point of <laughs> Edward Forty Hands drink something disgusting and terrible. So it takes I would go you with King Cobra over this. Oh God! <laughs> no, that's what my dad drank. The King Cobras. That's what it was. Oh, was it King Cobra? Oh, and yeah. The King Cobras in the plastic bottles. Yes. Oh God, they were so bad. <laughs> but ice. <laughs> and then I, I know, like, and then the the plastic bottles aren't even you know translucent. They're like a gray or a golden plastic. Like yeah, they don't even stained. Look cheap beyond cheap, right there. I, I remember at, at Lindbrook over in Anaheim when we first mm-hmm. turned 21, I remember going there and ordering at the bar. And that's a little seedy bar anyway at Lindbrook. Oh, and I remember ordering. four hour bowling alley. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> and it's just highly infested with gang members in that area. Oh, I know. Oh, my and God. I used to go there all the fucking time. I remember ordering a Bud Ice because I thought it was a Bud Light. And when the bartender handed me my fucking 32 Bud Ice, and I was like, what the fuck is this? But of course, 
Yeah, of course, I'm not going to say anything. I was like, oh, thank you. And I sucked it down, and it was awful. <laughs> I do I do remember I went to, um, you remember, you know the lab in Costa Mesa? Yeah. It's it's like hipster paradise. Like if you're not from the area, it's it's a hipster paradise, and uh, all the stores and there's a couple bars there. And one night we went there to I don't even remember what the name of the bar, like Bicycle Bar or something like that. <laughs> and they actually had they actually sold 32 ounce uh, King Cobras <sighs> that was on the menu for like five dollars. It was the cheapest beer that they had, but of course they sold it like you know ironically. They would say they sold that and then like Delirium Tremens, you know another stupid hipster beer and all that bullshit. But I remember I, they had King Cobra and I bought the King Cobra just to torture they, myself that I, night. I'm sure they sell a lot of it too. They probably sure, sell yeah, so $5. much of it. And no one ever finishes it. No. Well, I, I, I think I finished mine, but that was, it was rough. I would need a lot of limes now to finish a King Cobra or a high life. <laughs> Any of our international uh, listeners, Skip, for example, I'm very curious if you have King Cobra in England. Birmingham, or even like Birmingham. what kind of what is their equivalent of like malt liquor over there? Like what what is their disgusting yeah, bottom shelf malt liquor? Because I doubt they would have Mickey's. They're not going to have. I don't know what they would have, honestly. Or even in Canada, what are, like what do they have? I think Canada would have like the Bush beers, right? Bush Light know. and well, Bush Light's not a a malt liquor. But I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's it's not that great. One point five out of three. Um, I'm going to take another drink. That is gross. I'm sure Molson makes some type of fucking malt liquor. Oh, Molson. Right? Yeah. Molson Coors now. Yeah. Molson's a pretty, you know, cheap beer as it is. <sighs> Even, yeah, ca- Canadian people. Anybody from Canada, fucking let us know if you have King Cobra up there. Nasty. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's move on from our Fearless Beer Review to our vinyl pickups. What do you got, Jeff? I really should have opened my dock on the computer. Dude, I don't know what you do. I never know what you do. Okay. Well, I mean, it's on my phone also. Well, then do something. I'll, I, mean, I will do something. do something. I'll do something while I'm doing nothing. <laughs> my first thing that I got was uh, Third Eye Blind. Oh, yes. We both talk about Third Eye Blind finally. And uh, I was super worried because there was no update from this, this fucking distro place. And it was like five, six days later, then all of a sudden it just appeared. And, and USPS.com never updated anything. And I was super worried and I was scared and I was emailing them and they're being rude back to me and I was fighting with them. And, and then one day, <laughs> poof, it was here. And then I, I was okay. okay. Yeah, just that was it. Like just one day it wasn't here and the next day it was here. And yeah, so one day it wasn't here. Then the next day, poof, it was here. Like in Boonard says, poof. <laughs> it was there, so I was super happy about it. I immediately ripped it open, threw it on, and like it's a dude. It's it's so fucking good, front to back. It is, it is a classic. It is it is, it's so bizarre because you can be in like a really sad, depressed mood, throw it on, and it means something, or you can be like ready to go out for a great night and just be pumped up and energized and listen to the same album and something and feel something completely different. It is that good, and it's just it's unbelievable how these guys just squandered their talent right after this. Actually, during this tour, it's just, it's pathetic. It's so pathetic. I, I'm with you, man. It makes no sense how this album is so good because there's nothing that, there's nobody that really kind of 
shines. It's it's just everything on that. Every song is just perfectly crafted and perfectly mixed, and oh, it's such a fucking banger of a record. Cannot. I love my I love my vinyl too. I've listened to it several times since I got it. It's on this cool translucent red, and if you hold it up to like the sun, it becomes almost like neon pink, like RTJ status. Oh, and like on the on the platter, yeah, it's like dark dark red. Hold it up, and it's like pink. It's just it's really cool, and the red covered iconic, fantastic album. It's so good. Yeah, double LP. (laughs) Right. I always forget how good of a song uh, "Graduate" is. Cannot graduate. Damn, that is a fucking banger. And it starts out, I think it starts out side B. It's, oh man, it's wonderful. I fucking love that record. It's that, that from like, from Graduate, it's that, that guitar thing that he's, uh, he's doing. The high part and then going to the low and, oh man, it's such a good album. It is. I love it. We should redo that. But we already did it. Well, I, yeah, we could just redo it because it's that goddamn good. But we di- already did it in the new format. Like the only the only band we ever go back to redo is Blink. That's true. The only band, maybe Angels or Plus Forty Four. Plus Forty Four, I'll be okay with Angels. Eh. I think we've done Plus Forty Four like three times. <laughs> <laughs> it's not enough in every format. In every format we've done, we've we've done Plus Forty Four. I mean, like stupid. To be fair, the first wouldn't tell or the first Angels album wouldn't tell. We could. That's I should talk it all the time, and every time I listen to it, it just like got better. It's annoying. <laughs> it blows you away every time. It, it really does. It's so <laughs> irritating how much I fucking dislike some stuff that Tom has done, and then you go back to Wooden Toe, and it's goofy. Like it's fucking stupid. It's it's goofy and it's it's yeah, it corny is. and it's jokey and it's, but it's it's unique. It's the only one of its kind. Songwriting genius. That's what he is. Well, at, at one point oh. he was. Nah, he still is. Come on, you know Life Forms is a great record. We just talked about it two weeks ago. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Okay, so what else you got? I also got No Doubts first album. No Doubts. No Doubt. Yes. And I I bought this one new. I saw it. Never seen it before. So I was like, fuck it, I'll pick it up. And you know, it's it's their second best. It's classic. Fantastic. It's um. I agree. It it didn't get it. It didn't sell well just because came out like 91 92 ish and i mean that third wave the ska scene that was not the early 90s at all and their label i think it was interscope was not promoting them they had to pay for their own tour like even after they were signed like no doubt had a cough of all of their money they were even there was they were uh, i was reading articles or interviews from like tony and adrian and they were saying that when they go to these cities even these bigger cities like cincinnati they would go to record shops and their album wasn't even in the stores. CD, vinyl, tape, really? nothing. Yeah. And so there was like zero distribution for them whatsoever. And it didn't sell well. It sold like 30,000 copies. And um, their <laughs> next Tragic album. Kingdom is like one of the highest selling records ever. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And then, and then Beacon Street came out. And then that's when Scott oh, got a little bit more, a little bit more legs on it. But Beacon Street was more just a compilation of songs they were writing yeah, it's already. Yeah, a real album. But yeah, but then Tragic Kingdom drops, and that was like 95, and that's, you know, grunge is pretty much dead, and everybody doesn't know what to do, and Tragic Kingdom sells 10 mm-hmm. million fucking copies. I know, it's fucking that's, wild. That's insane. More than 10 million. That's insanity. And and I didn't know that 
that Gwen is the only technically the only original member of No Doubt. Like I thought, I thought from the beginning it was it was Tony and Adrian and then Tom, and they have been there forever. But like in their first iteration of the band, well, it was her brother who started the band. Yeah, it was Eric. Her brother, her brother Eric started it. Eric and Gwen, actually, Eric started with somebody else, and then they invited Gwen to come sing backup. And they had a bunch of other musicians on, and they all left because one of them committed suicide right before they were going to play the Roxy in L.A., like days before or a day before. And so they broke up. You know, naturally, you're going to break up. But after a couple of weeks or a month, they decided to, to reconvene, and that's when they brought in Tony and then Tom and then Adrian, and then it's just history from there. <laughs> Is uh, I, I didn't know Beacon Street was an actual record. I thought it was a comp. It's it's presented as a record, but the songs aren't new. The songs are old songs, but it's okay. presented as a record. Yeah, because I'm on I'm on their wiki right now, and it yeah it does say it it is considered their second record. It's like with the with the Bouncing Souls, their first record, the Good, the Bad, and the Argyle. Like, there's a lot of songs mm-hmm. that they had already been doing, and they from EPs and stuff that they kind of compiled onto that record. Oh, okay. And it's technically a first record, but technically not a first record. That's why the gold record which came out June 6th of 2006, was supposed to be their sixth record, so it'd be all sixes, but it's technically their seventh <laughs> record because the good, the bad, and the Argyle. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, no doubt's fucking... They're, they're, God, they were first so fucking records. good. Yeah, those first so three So goddamn good. Now that Beacon Street is a record. Now that I figured that out, it's a record, so yeah. And I was going back and, and watching like just a bunch of local shows that they were doing, and I sent you that Kelsey Fullerton one. And oh yeah, that was it's cool. just dude, these guys, man, they were so good, like instant just success in the local scene. And they could have had that same success like all over had they been pushed by their label, had they given like a proper tour, had they been given money like everybody else. Because like Scott's been around already. I mean, fucking Mighty Boston's released their first album like '88. 89. Op oh, Ivy yeah, have been doing stuff in the in 87, 86. So mm-hmm. Scott's been around. Scott Punk has been around. So there's no reason why No Doubt couldn't have been smashing things, but they just they didn't really get a chance. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But maybe Tragic Kingdom wouldn't have been so explosive if this album did better cuz I feel like Tragic Kingdom was really explosive cuz for people that were following the ska scene. But there's not a ton of ska on it. Like self-titled but there's, and, but there's and just Beacon enough Street ska has, on there to still be a ska well, band, yeah, yeah. but there's not too much to for people that don't like ska, like they don't want any ska. Yeah, yeah. True. But for people that love ska, you know, they're gonna take what they can get because it's such a, it's much like new metal. I don't know why, but people make fun of ska even still to this day. Third wave ska. I, I, say. I don't get why. Yeah, third wave. It's yeah. it's it's just it's goofy and it's made fun of. But like Tragic Kingdom may not have been as explosive if No Doubts No Doubt did better, because for people that don't listen to ska, never listen to ska, and they heard Tragic Kingdom and like, holy fuck, what is this new sound that I've never heard in my life? This must be their <laughs> first album. Boom, done. I always see I always see No Doubts No Doubt in in stores, but I've never bought it because I see it so much. But. I, it's, it's weird that you, this is the first time you've come across it. Like I was telling you w- when we were texting, it's always, because I see it so often, it's always my, my backup record. Like if I can't find anything else in a record store, I don't like walking out empty handed. It's really uncomfortable, especially if you've been there for an hour and you don't walk out with anything. So I always have like a small list of backup records to buy just in case. And this No Doubts No Doubt is always on that list. 
a backup list just in case because I see it so often. Well, maybe Weird. next time you're out, you should pick it up because it's fucking good. And and dude, Tony like just he slays at the base. He he oh, is all he's over amazing. the fucking base on this, and it's 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 crazy. It's it's amazing. It is fantastic. It's a good record. Pick it up, everybody. Do Fuck it. Everybody Go else, listen. Go listen. Next thing I got is from Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please. Ah, Three yes. Six Mafia. Three Six Mafia. <laughs> their album, When the Smoke Clears. Their fourth album from the year 2000. This has their biggest song, Sipping on, on Syrup, or sip, Sipping on Scissorp. Sipping on Scissorp. the year 2000? Yeah. Wow, right? I thought they were way later. Three Six Mafia? Yeah, I thought they were like maybe 2006, 2005. Nah. No, they they they're from like the early nineties. What? Yeah. What am I? What really? What are you thinking of? Uh, Yeah, their first album came out like ninety three, ninety four, ninety five. Maybe I'm getting them confused with like uh, Yin Yang Twins. No, that might be it. That might be it. I I mean I Three Six Mafia is a, a a group that I just never got into. One because they're from like Memphis and they're just that part of the country, that southern rap style. It was kind of like tough. the little sister of the East and the West Coast, and especially coming up in the mid nineties to late nineties, like if it wasn't for Outkast and ATLians, there would almost be no love for Southern rap at all. And so it's yeah, it's true. just a, it's just a genre I never got into, and I was really really into like the gangster rap of the West Coast, and I was into the East Coast stuff just because I hated it because I was you know as a kid <laughs> I thought it was cute to hate the East Coast stuff because I'm from with the your West Low Coast. Rider magazine. Yeah, <laughs> my Adidas. I pulled up my socks all high. Yeah, that was cool. <laughs> I was toy 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 toy. You were crip walking, all that kind of stuff. No, I never did that shit. But I did read I did I did read Low Rider magazine. <laughs> did you wear big white baggy shirts too? Yeah, the the tan the khakis the shorts. I honestly, I still kind of do wear still like baggy shirt. I buy like usually when I buy shirts, I always buy them like XL. That's true, you do, huh? Yeah. I I still like wear like overly baggier shirts because I'm a child. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you do and you do wear your socks high as well. You never <laughs> wear short socks. No. You always pull your socks up. <laughs> you just can't escape it. Can't I can't your roll at lowrider days. I know. I, I don't know. <laughs> but like to be fair, way. now now my shirts. I generally like to wear shirts that are brighter colors. I don't just wear black and then white, which I do have a lot of black and white shirts. But I also got pink and purples and everything yeah. else. So yeah, that, I've grown. that fucking ugly purple lottery shirt. The worst. Oh, that's my favorite ever, one. Dude. Dude, that is the worst fucking shirt. It's so. It's so trashy. <laughs> I, that's why I, I love it, dude, because cause it's from one of those the casinos out here. Uh, and it's got like this little devil on it. And it's just it's so tacky and it's so ugly and it's it so is. purple. <laughs> and, and everybody always says like, oh, did you win that in a, in a tournament? And I said, no, I don't even gamble. So, no. <laughs> People are always commenting <laughs> on it. Fucking idiot. Uh, yeah. Like... But yeah, dude, 3-6 Mafia. They're, um, it's, I didn't know they were like horror core to this extent until I listened to this. And this was like with vinyl me, please, they send you a new record every month. And up until this month, I have, I have been very excited and pleased with what they send me. This one, I was taking a gamble on. I was like, I don't know. I was looking at reviews for this one and it wasn't mm-hmm. getting like the best reviews or anything. And I, I was, I was worried, but I said, you know what? Vinyl me, please never did me wrong. Send it to me. I'll listen to it. And then, you know, I'll be stuck with it if I hate it. 
And I, dude, I fucking loved it. I thought it was so goddamn good. It's it's a good mix of gangster rap and horrorcore, and then all blended with that southern hip hop style. And it's not like goofy yeah. horrorcore. Like like I was telling you that guy Necro, with friend of the pot oh, David, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used him. to love Necro, yeah. and I fucking cannot stand it. It's so dumb. These these guys are more <laughs> refined. They're it's it's aggressive, and hard, but it's just never overly goofy. And they do have the guys from ICP on here, and like even even ICP, it's yes, we all love to make fun of them, but there are some there is some merit to them. They've been around since like the fucking eighties. They've been making music for a long, long time, and some of their songs are really, really good. A lot of their songs are really, really stupid, but some of their songs are really, really mm-hmm. good. So it's I will still make fun of ICP because they are funny. But damn, they draw crowds. They have a following. A lot of the music is pretty goddamn good, and they're respected they put on in the their music own, world. They put on their own festival, like once a year, like a weekend festival that gets packed. Have you seen Oops. that? Not only do they put on their own festival that gets packed and sells out, and there's way more people that show up than were like invited, but there are like fucking. There's no deaths. There's no rapes. Mm-hmm. There's no. There's no like fighting. It's just everybody with mm-hmm. their shirts off and face paint, grilling and having a great time. It's almost like the Grateful Dead of of yeah hip hop. Yes, really exactly. That's the exactly what they are. Like <laughs> every, everybody shits on them. Everybody shits on them, except for the people who love them. And yeah, then the the fans are fucking dedicated. They they are the Grateful Dead of hip hop. And then the fucking stupid <laughs> government tries to weasel their way in and try and get them listed as a as a gang and all this yeah. other stuff. But there's so much pushback because they don't do anything. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Smoke a little like weed here and there, you know, deal a little dope, but come on. Come on. <laughs> come on, guys. It's true. It's she fucking knows out of everybody else's business. But dude, Three Six Mafia, this album is fucking great. It's so goddamn good. I was pleasantly surprised. Listened to it three times this week. Because it was Christ. that goddamn good. Oh, dude, it's so good. How do you good. have the time? Dude, that's all I I all sports. Saturdays, Sundays. That's why I had to work this Saturday, but Nah, I was kidding though. I, I listen to a lot of records too. But three fucking times for that <laughs> for three six mafia. Three six mafia. I like saying that too. But it's cool, man. You should you should really check it out. I think you would like it. It's because you like a lot of that goofy ass horrorcore what? shit and you know, all that your like little what? Wednesday like what? all your little Wednesday murders and your doll thirteens that you like. That's what's because <laughs> those all are the good same songs. Goofies. It's They're all goofy, goofy lyrics. Though. Goofy lyrics, but great songs. That's what these guys are. Oh. And girl, we'll gangsta, they got gangsta boo. We'll see. Don't forget about gangsta boo. It really, is there a girl in the group? Yeah, gangsta boo. I didn't know. That. I thought there was just two guys. No, okay. it's like a fucking crew. Dude. There's like five of them. I guess, I don't know what who I'm thinking of then, because I, I, I really thought Three Six Mafia were somebody completely different. You thinking like G Unit huh. or something? No, I, I think I'm probably mixing them up with Yingying Twins. Why? I think really that's what I don't know. I don't know. I can't figure it out, but I really okay. think that's what it is. Because I mean, the Yingying Twins have just two people, right? That's what they're called, the yeah. Yingying Twins. Yeah, yeah. twins. Yeah. But they're not actually twins; they're, it's just what their name is. Correct, correct. Yeah. But the twins implies two, so yeah, yeah you hit yeah. the nail on the head. Yep, yep. Okay, so what else you got? Um, yeah, just one more, and then my pick. This one, this one, <sighs> here we go. This, dude, this one's so cool. This is my Mickey Hart Planet okay. Drum. Mm-hmm. This is the one that, that you got for me. I I was looking for this one for for a while. This one also doesn't get very good reviews. I don't understand why. 
it's it's okay so this, this is one of his albums from 1991 mickey hart the percussionist drummer from grateful dead longtime drummer and this is essentially just a concept album that explores percussion in various parts of the world and how how percussion goes hand in hand with like culture religion and overall traditions throughout the world and so mm-hmm. every song on this album is is different it's different and like the jacket's really cool because it has like a little blurb about the song and it tells you like what percussive elements are are being used and then kind of sort of what it means to the region or the culture they're trying to mimic or pay homage to and Mm -hmm. it's it's all over the place so man it's so fucking crazy it's it's double disc there's a lot of fucking songs and there are there are there are songs here that that he talks about how he starts off just slapping his chest like he meets people from countries i've never even heard of and he brings them into the studio and they record songs just by like beating their chest but beating just in the right spot that creates this hollow thud sound. So you're getting mm-hmm. like a good bass hit while also chanting. But because you're hitting that specific spot, you're able to change like the vibrations in your voice to not just go high or low, but make it like just kind of like weird and very tribal and very basic. So there's not even like instruments being played at some points. It's just hitting your body. <laughs> fucking mm-hmm. weird and then there's there's really weird and then there's the, a, another song where he plays like a xylophone type instrument but it's called something mm-hmm. else and you know there's a thousand of these fucking instruments but he plays it True. with uh human bones because human bones get like a <laughs> of course a different density or something and so you so he's hitting he walks them. over here man fuck yeah. man yeah he's hitting them <laughs> and, and i'm reading about it and it's like oh yeah I, we chose to play this with human bones as traditional by this type of people I was like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Like, how is that even legal? Can you do that here? <laughs> Bizarre. And then and then he grew gourds in his garden for the sole like, purpose. Gourds. gourds are like, oh, like pumpkins, like right? Pumpkins kinda, yeah. But yeah, yeah. uglier. Yeah, he grew he grew gourds in his garden for the specific purpose that when they were ready, he'd pick them, hollow them out, and then make a new type of percussion instrument for this oh, album. That's so cool. Yeah. It dude, that it's is insane. So cool. <laughs> And then, like, it says how th- how this album was recorded. And I don't know if he built it, but it was essentially just a rectangular wooden lodge. It's all wood. Mm-hmm. Like, the rafters were wood, the walls were wood, the floors were wood, everything's wood, just to get, like, a really good acoustic sound. And then it was separated into four quadrants and recorded, like, simultaneously so each quadrant could have its own acoustic sound but still kind of be fed background noise from the other three quadrants. Interesting. It's fucking weird stuff, dude. It's it's man, it's so cool. There's just it's just really enlightening. You can hear so much nuance in the songs from region to region. And now that we've kind of dug into to more worldly tribal music, you can mm-hmm. really pick apart like, oh, this sounds like some shit that like Miles Davis did when he visited this place and played with this guy, or this sounds like something like this guy did when he visited over here. And yeah. it's it's yeah. really cool. But like as as far as like an album goes. I think the reason it gets really shitty reviews is because it's just fucking percussive stuff. Yeah, it's not like traditional pop music. It's at all. Yeah, the only singing here at that point is just like chanting. <laughs> Where did I get this for you? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't, maybe Black Hole. Maybe. Because remember, I I remember I was there and the, he had a 
shit ton of Grateful Dead stuff that you wanted, and some of it was really expensive. No, no, no. You got this at White Rabbit. I remember peeling the sticker off. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, this it. was at White Rabbit, and um, I mean the cover is very, very nineties looking. Look, it looks like the Lion King type coloring. <laughs> yeah, like that sketchy scribbling, scribble scrabble. I don't know. It is so good, man. You should. I told you to listen like fifteen fucking times. I know, I know, and I blew it. I, I blow it all the time. I know you do. It sucks. It, it does. sucks to live this way. I honestly. know. I can't imagine. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, uh, that's it for my vinyls. All right. <clears throat> um, then what's the last thing you got here? That's my pick of the week. I ordered. What is it? I, I so I, I I got two albums by the Wonder Years. Yes. They went on sale. From I don't know some fucking site, Brooklyn Vegan. Never heard of them, but the people in our 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 Facebook group said, "Oh yeah, they're fine. Don't worry about it." So I trust them. They good people in that group, so I, I trust them. Yeah, they they do a lot of a lot of vinyl, a ton of vinyl. Yeah, I, I mean I never heard of them. I never ordered through them. I never heard of them. So they're like a news. They're a news site as well, like a music news site on top of kind of like Hard Times, but Hard uh, Times is like the sarcastic thing. Yeah, but they also put out good vinyl. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, I, I ordered two albums by The Wonder Years, the, the pop punk band The Wonder Years, their second album, The Upsides, and their third album, Suburbia, or Suburbia I've Given You All and Now I'm Nothing. And mm-hmm. my, my pick of the week comes from their album Suburbia. It's called Woke Up Older. Did I pick Woke Up Older or did I pick up something else? No, I picked Woke Up Older. You picked Woke Up Older. You ordered this a long time ago, didn't you? Like yeah. months ago, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what yeah. I thought. And I remember just, you and Mike talking about it. Yeah, it just finally came in. Um, cool stuff, dude. It's, it's great looking vinyls. They're they're like tricolored, but they're not evenly split into like three quadrants. They're they're. I don't know. It, it looks cool. It's colored. It's it's fine. Sounds fantastic. Gatefold lyric sheet in it, and the Wonder Years. I, I've I've been I've been singing their praises for a while. I've been singing their yeah, praises for a while, yeah. and I wanted I want to do this album. You and friend of the pod, Kevin, you both love this band. He got me into the Wonder Years. Like I would not even know this band had I not lived for lived with Kevin, and he showed me the Wonder Years. So that's <laughs> on him. But yeah, I think they are absolutely fantastic. It's just, I think this is just a a, I don't know. Like like each this is a band that each person on their own are almost like insignificant. They they mm-hmm. they don't they're boring. They mean nothing. But like together, they make this solid ensemble of just like relatable dudes ripping it up, keeping it real, having a good time. And that's all this band is about, just having like a good time. But also knowing that sometimes they got to take a step back because they're tired of touring or they're depressed or they just don't want to do it anymore. And then they just they seem like real guys, they're not like rock stars or anything. They're not trying to be rock stars. They're just trying to put out good music. And they do. And they put the punk back in pop punk. And this album specifically... Okay, Tyler. Okay, I'm listening. Because yeah, you hate I, this band so much. I don't hate and it them. It irritates just, me because you're fucking good. I don't hate them. And this this Not album was produced by a guy who's worked with a, a ton of bands, both emo and like metal. And the guy did most of Dillinger Escape Plan's albums. So oh, on this album, you, you get to hear a lot of fast, aggressive parts that are mm-hmm. generally way harder than a lot of the pop punk out there. Sometimes, like with the emo pop punk, you get like those really quick breakdowns. But then they go right back into just normal, annoying, all, all-time low-type pop-punk stuff. <laughs> this album, you get that aggression like, throughout the entire song. Okay. Like, they'll speed it up, and then when they slow it down, it's still heavy and it's still crunchy. 
and he never gets his voice as nasally as like newfound glory or anything oh, but it's still yeah. it's still pop punk style i did listen to one of their records months ago but i don't even remember what record it was no it was yeah. probably this one it might have been i don't know this but is anyway, this, let, this is their most what? popular this is like the poster child for for pop punk in the 2005 2015 era it's whatever album you and mike told me to listen to it's probably I think mike's a fan of them yeah Okay, so here's uh, here's Woke Up Older from The Wonder Years. Here we go. There you go. A little bit of the song "Woke Up Older" from the Wonder Years. This is uh, this is very pop punk, but it is. I, I after your explanation, I could hear the more aggressive tones and you know songwriting style there. I could hear it, but then sometimes it gets way too pop punk for me. It's a little much. It's a little much at, at moments on this song, but it's still good. Good stuff. This this album is like. Dude, this album was damn near perfect. It is so good. That's a bold I, statement, man. Dude, I, I, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to find anything in the pop-punk realm 2010 or later that's better than this. Straight up. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Straight up. Unless, you know, would you consider I Am The Avalanche pop-punk? No, because maybe their first album... But nothing after that. But even their first, it's just it's 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 more like like that emo, yeah, it's pop closer to emo than it is pop punk. But yeah, no, I, I did I, listen. Mm. I did listen to Dive today or uh, this week. I'm sorry, not today. This week I listened to it. That's, it's a pretty solid record. I forgot how good it was. Hell yeah, yeah. I'm becoming more and more of an I. I am the Avalancheman, but. I really wish I had Avalanche United. That's the one I want. That's I another really one fucking I, want it. I told you multiple times to pick it up. I know. It's because it's, it was always available. It was always available. And then when I went and decided to go buy it with Dive, of course then, nah. 
It's fucking sold out everywhere. Seventy dollars, eighty dollars on Discogs. Fuck that. Well, that's better than their first album. I, you know, their first album's on on my want list on Discogs, and that's usually like two hundred, three hundred dollars. Fuck. I say, like, who <laughs> they, do people even know about their fucking first? The people don't even know about this band, let alone their first album. <laughs> what the fuck? That's weird. Annoying. Oh man, that that Murder Dolls record on Discogs that was going for hundred bucks, it's gone. I was really debating on buying that shit too. For a hundred dollars, dude, it's going for upwards of four or five hundred dollars. Oh my god! Somebody yeah, was selling it for a hundred. That's crazy talk. That is crazy talk. I know, I know. I, you know what? I could have got it too, because I showed Tammy. I was like, "Hey, I've never seen this record below like four hundred dollars since Joey died," and she's like, "Do you want me to buy it for you?" I'm like, nah, I don't want you to spend a hundred bucks on that. But she would have. Should have taken did her you, up on the offer. Did you tell her, did you show her that to gauge her reaction on, on whether or not you would buy it anyway? Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, look at this. And she was like, what the fuck? Don't you fucking dare. That's so stupid. Like, okay, <laughs> okay, exactly I won't buy why it. I, that's exactly <laughs> why I asked her. I wanted to see how stupid of an idea it would have been to buy it for $100. But then she was like very open to it. And mm-hmm. that's what made me second guess it. But it's gone now. So that sucks. Whatever though. Next time, next time it it dips to hundred, I'll, I'll I might get it. Okay, no self control. I guess not. <laughs> it's a good record, man. Anyway, uh, so Wonder Years. Got anything else on this one? That's it. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's all, boys. All right, let's get through my stuff real quick. Uh, I picked this one up from Chaos Records uh, in West Covina a couple weeks ago. I talked about that place briefly. It was the first time I'd ever been there. Small, small little record store, but a pretty solid collection of stuff. Uh, I picked up Mastodon's record, Crack the Sky. This is their fourth record. came out in March of 2009. And uh, if you don't know anything about Mastodon, they're, they're just like a prog metal band. Like, just They put out just consistently good music. Nothing that's going to like blow you away. Nothing that's bad. It's just like it's consistently good. All their records have like they're all like themed and they all have they all tell like a, an overarching story and and the story with Crack the Sky it was kind of based off of the the drummer's sister who had committed suicide when she was 14 and her name was Sky so that's why they named it Crack the Sky and there's even a song a, a title track of that but it talks about like the the theme of the record it it, it kind of talks about going outside of your body to like the astral plane and then it tells the story of this person who does that and then goes back in time and becomes like friends with Rasputin in <laughs> Russia and him and Rasputin try to kill the czar in Russia at the time, but they fail and then they end up dying again and then they get sucked into a wormhole. It, it's, it's this weird Dude, fucking story fuck? that, that this entire record tells. And yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Like every record of theirs has this like crazy fucking story. That it tells musically and and lyrically. That's cool. But yeah, yeah I, I I think Mastodon they're just like one of those very unique bands that that have a really big fan base, which is really cool for this kind of music because it's definitely not traditional in any sense. But it's cool. Check it out. They put out solid music, and their their records are usually like under twenty bucks. I think the most I've ever seen a record was like twenty two. So. I see there one at, at Nichols. It's been there for a long time, but it's a uh, it's a picture disc of one of the records. Mm. Is the one with the torch? Mm, I can't remember what it was, but it, it was like twenty bucks. But I, I still want to buy a picture disc. Yeah, 
Yeah. The the one with the torch is like a B-Sides one, so don't get that one. Oh. That's not like one of their records. It's just a B-Sides thing. But anyway, check out Mastodon. They're rad. Uh, the next one here, I finally got this one in the mail. Uh, it was late, of course. What's new, <laughs> right? Um, record stores got this record before I got it in the mail, and that is Every Time I Die. Their mm. brand new record, Radical, got it. Uh, came out last week. Just got it, and um, they fucked up the order. And it was supposed to be a pink and blue, clear, translucent thing, but it's just all blue with a little bit of pink, like a very, very small amount of pink. Ugh. And um, it still looks nice, but fuck, man, it was not what <laughs> what was ordered, what was supposed to be ordered, and the pressing plant fucked it up. And um, yeah, so that that sucks. That sucks. That's, but that's otherwise. That's so annoying. Yeah, very fucking annoying. And uh, but otherwise, yeah, the the record itself, the music is is really great, except for two songs. There are two songs that are. I hate I hate to say it because I'm I'm a big fan of these guys, but yeah, there's two songs that are just fucking terrible. What are the, the just, same two songs that that I mentioned last week? They probably are. They're they're the ones that sound like kind of. Like alt metal, yeah, like, like slower. What, what he's singing, yeah, like Chevelle or maybe like modern yeah. Papa Roach, yeah. shit like that. Yeah, it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Yeah, they're bad. It's <laughs> really bad songs. And uh, but otherwise, the there's, I mean, it, they just like punch you in the face with their music. They aggress- aggressive, really awesome riffs. Was this the just one that what, you waited to listen to until you got the vinyl? Uh, I was going to wait, and then you I motherfucker! Wait anyway. Are you serious? <laughs> I waited like two weeks. I'm like, fuck this! I don't know when it's gonna get here. I'm not, I, I didn't want this here. to be like, and then it got here like three days later. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking god! <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But I thought it was gonna be like another AFI thing, you know, where I was supposed to get it in June, but I got it in mid October. It, so. It's just, it's you. <laughs> You gotta just try it once. You haven't tried it one time I, yet. But My I God, wanted to dude. try it. I wanted to try it with this. But I, then zero self control. I tr- I did. I, I did two weeks. I did like two weeks with this. Dude, I waited like four months for the I and the Avalanche one. Yeah, because you're stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> oh, it was so good. <laughs> but you've never had an experience now since we started collecting the vinyl where you've never heard a record outside of listening to it first on vinyl. And that's I know I know you know what I mean like we just we grew up in a CD era like you got to do it once. I know, and I miss that I miss that feeling of hearing you know a band I like on CD first or on a physical format first. I know I yeah, even like on CD format like listening to the uh, an album that you've never heard before and you put that CD in and put it into your player and then you push the button and you sit back and oh fuck yeah, but now it's even better because it's vinyl and it's just. Yeah, and Stupid. it's bigger artwork, more to read. Yeah, no, I know, I know. It costs I know, more. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. All right, so I got that one. Uh, this next one, I uh, you originally ordered this one, but then you canceled it, and that is the new Thrice record, Horizons East. Came out September seventeenth, twenty twenty one. So, like a little over a month ago, and you, I know you didn't like it, so you canceled the order, but. This is uh, this, this CD's. I mean, this CD, this mm. record has grown on me. I, I think it's it's much better than my first listen. Uh, maybe I have my thrice goggles on. I don't know. You, like, yeah, you I, definitely like you, do. Like you claim, I have my AFI goggles. You on. for sure have AFI goggles on. Gaggles, gaggles. 
<laughs> but it's still it's still it's still good. It's not their worst, um, but you know it's it's good. It's growing on me. It's growing on me. Let's just say that. So got that one. It's on a cool pink pink uh, variant. Has uh, uh, 3D glasses. So when you put them on, the uh, the album cover like pops out at you and everything like that. So that's pretty cool. Gimmicky, but cool. Okay. And uh, the next one here I picked up from Chaos Records as well in West Covina. This one is uh, Richie Valens. Oh. Richie Valens. Richie Valens. This is uh, this is the first record he, that came out month after he died. Him and Buddy Holly died in that plane crash. And we've talked about him before, and we're going to eventually do this record on the pod. I know that. Um, he was 17 when he died, which is fucking wild to me. And, you know, after hearing this record, I never listened to this record prior to... I mean, I've heard some of the songs, but I'd never listened to this record, and I couldn't believe he was 17. Like, that... That w- that's what blew me away the most. Yeah, he's got a voice of like a twenty-six-year-old, <laughs> and I had no idea he wrote um, Donna. No yeah. idea he wrote that song. That that was that was the biggest surprise to me. I thought when when it came on, I'm like, this is a Richie Valens song. I had no idea, and then and then I I looked it up because I'm like, this has to be a cover or something. But no, he fucking wrote that song. And he wrote "Come On, Let's Go." Seventeen. His two fucking yeah. besides La Bamba, his two biggest songs. Like he wrote those. Yeah. Well, even La Bamba, yeah, it's a traditional song, but it's his fucking song. Like everybody knows Spanish. his version. <laughs> well, his parents were from Mexico. He didn't speak but any Spanish though. He spoke none. None, really? None. That seems weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah seems he's, really he's, weird. He he learned La Bamba by just like phonetically just repeating the words as they sounded to him. That was it. <laughs> oh, dude. Donna yeah, and Come On, Let's Go are so fucking good but did, oh my this this album is perfect this album is just it it's is, like yeah. my favorite rock and roll album outside of like maybe one dozen berries by chuck berry like this is this is my favorite it is so good and i think it's i like very, it very good. i think i like it more just because i know that this this dude like had so much to give you know like he was just starting mm-hmm. and this is what he put out when he was in his teens he was literally on his first tour damn his first tour and he he won the bet to fly on the plane first, and that plane crashed with him and Buddy Holly. Yeah, and Big Fucking Bopper. Two legends, yeah, but two legends right there. Big That's, Bopper was big. Chantilly Lace, go pretty. Yeah, but nothing like nothing like Richie and and Buddy Holly. Oof. Fucking nuts. Fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, I mean that's that's why Mr. Don wrote the uh, American Pie song, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, was it like seventy nine, eighty or something? But anyway, yeah, that was it, it's a great record. Um, such a shame, man. The only the only like official record he has because you, you've talked about it too. Where this is the only full length record where it's just all mass like original mastered songs. And then they came out with another record, I think, the, in the same year. But it was like half mastered, like fully mastered songs, and then the other half of the record were, were like demos or something like that. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. And seventeen years old, died and wrote these, honestly legendary songs. All three of them, all three of them are legendary. <laughs> they are. They're, they're fucking <laughs> rock and roll standards. I just, I, I, the Donna one. I like I said, the Donna one. I, I can't get over that. Like, I cannot believe a seventeen-year-old wrote and sang that song. 
And it was about like a high school girlfriend. Like it wasn't even. Like, it yeah, even, her name was Donna. It was about his Donna, fucking, her name some fucking girl Donna, that he liked in high school. That <laughs> he eventually left even... high school to go tour. Oh my god, it's insane. I wonder. I I, I bet you somebody's <laughs> had to have inter- interviewed that girl, that Donna girl. I'm sure. I, dude, I'm sure they have. Like that's. And then what do you do if you're Donna and like Richie Valens is blowing up and. Like, I think they dated and stuff, and like, obviously after he blew up, I'm sure they probably dated more, and then he dies, and like, what, yeah. do you, what do you do as Donna? Like, uh, you feel bad? I don't know. Or can you imagine being her, and every time you hear this, this super famous song, knowing that it's about you? Oh. That's the weird one. That's, that's the really weird part. Yeah. Because that's fucking everywhere. He died in 1959. That's when the plane crash was. Yeah. 1959. Like, what the fuck? I know. Like, what would what, 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 what this, how, because Chuck, Chuck Berry kind of, like, did the rock and roll thing, and but then kind of petered out once once society moved on from rock and roll. Like, Little Richard kind of petered mm-hmm. out. Like, I, I, I would like to think that Richie Valens, just given, like, his cultural influence, would not have followed, yeah. like, suit. I've, I've, I wanted to believe that he would have done something in the vein of, like, Carlos Santana, how he, Carlos Santana can kind of keep up with everybody. I would I would say like Richie Valens probably would have gone more of like a bossa nova route, and done kind of like more Latin style stuff, maybe not in the same vein as Santana because Santana was just I mean, obviously a, good, a great songwriter, but he was more about like jamming and all that. But Richie Valens was more of a songwriter, you know. Yeah. So I I feel like he, if if anything he would have done something more Latin infused or bossa nova because I mean bossa nova I mean well in '59 bossa nova was starting to to creep its way into society and so i don't know who knows who fucking knows mm. I, but i honestly mm. think that's where he would have gone but anyway the next the next one i got i got this one from white rabbit and fullerton five dollars i'm not a, i'm not a fan of this band although i've only i've only ever heard one song from them and uh, that's kiss I picked oh up their, yes I, I picked up their live album alive First live album from September 1975. Uh, so first live album, but like their fourth re- their fourth album. And so all the songs are from their first three records, which were never even popular. This is like the record that got them big. This is what popularized them. They were, they were a big live act, but this is kind of like, this put them on another tier, another level of, of popularity. And for decades, they, they always claimed that there were no overdubs or anything like that. And it wasn't until I think... 20 or 2003 <laughs> or something gene simmons or and paul stanley said yeah it's like full of overdubs yeah of course they've been is, denying man. it for yeah. fucking decades yeah they no, finally yeah, say, it's, yeah it's all over most of most except for the drums everything had overdubs the drums were the only thing that didn't have overdubs even the crowd had were overdubbed that's what you do you you, you build this 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 i don't know this it's the mystique yeah this this mysteriousness for your band and, and a gimmick and then once you've already made millions then you say oh yeah i lied because at that point nobody cares. <laughs> That's exactly what they fucking did, and uh, and I was really I was really pleasantly surprised by this. It w- this was really good. It was really fun. Uh, the the one song she, which apparently they didn't even write, but that that song was really cool. The Ace Freely just rips it up on guitar on that record on that song, and but every every member really shined throughout it except for Paul Stanley. He was the only one that didn't kind of wow me but everybody i mean i'm surprised gene simmons kind of he he was my he was the biggest surprise for me he has some really good bass parts 
really good bass lines. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it was a really good live record. I'm glad I got it. Five bucks. There's some surface noise, of course, because it's five it was five dollars. The jacket is fucking shit. But outside of that, there's not one loop, not one skip, just some surface noise here and there. But it's not it's not unbearable at all. I'm I'm telling so, you, man. This is this is this is one of the first ones that I got in a like a nice haul when I first started collecting, and this is uh, I still go back to it. This one and UFOs live album, I just absolutely fantastic. And then I picked up Kiss albums here and there. Like I've gotten like an original Destroyer before, and I listened to it and I don't like it, so I, like, I sold it for like fifty five dollars. <laughs> I've I've got like a Jeez. lot of their albums and I listen to them and I don't like them. I only listen to it because I like Alive so much, but I mean I only have a couple of their albums. But this is dude, this was just really really good. And yeah, there are overdubs, and so the crowd isn't quite exactly honest. But you get yeah. the sense that you're actually there. And and one big mm-hmm. thing that I've talked to for people that have seen Kiss live in the '70s was they are a live band. Their studio recordings don't do justice what they were about, and that's like their live performances. And and their live performances were about shredding, about just being fucking super super loud, and getting the crowd just absolutely insane. And this yeah, record with the pyro does all and of that. all that kind of stuff. And the record's loud, like even though you have surface mm-hmm. noise on it, like the right, it's, it's pressed loud. Like the Grand Funk records are pressed really loud. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because mine has surface are noise too. Are they from too. Detroit as well? Kiss. Yeah, where are they from? But yeah, they're from. Yeah, I think they're from Detroit. No, they're they? no, they're okay. no, they're from East Coast because I yeah they're from East Coast because I remember then New York, probably New York. I would assume. Let, let, let's see here. Let's see here. Yeah, they're, they're definitely from East Coast because something to do with uh, something to do with Gene Simmons and when he was opening Rock and Bruise or something. One of his speeches was talking about growing up in like the New York area. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. New York City. Yeah, that's where they're from. But even that, like the Rock and Bruise stuff, like Gene Simmons is a businessman. Like he's. From day oh, one, they're they're business people, and and Kiss, as much as like I we shit talk them, they're better than we give them credit for. We don't give them any credit like at all, so they are better than we give them credit <laughs> for. But they do they did do a lot of really really stupid shit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you said, Gene Simmons is probably the smartest guy in rock and roll ever. The way yeah. he marketed the band, it was fucking fantastic. Genius. Yeah, I didn't know. I just I'm I'm looking right now, but he was born in Israel. Was think. he? Yeah, it says yeah, born in Israel. Wow. Yeah, and then what he. Are you talking about growing up in New state. York? Then. No, no, he. It's. I mean, it, he grew up in New York, but he was born oh. in Israel. He was born in '49, so like right after. Yeah, it says that that his mom, his mom was actually in a concentration camp. There, there. I guess the family's originally from Hungary, and his mom was in a concentration camp, and then he was. They had gone to Israel, and he was born in Israel. And then they moved to the States when he was eight. Yeah, he was eight years old. He moved to, to New York. That's wow. wild. It yeah. is wild. Fuck. Anyway. These guys. <laughs> we, I mean, we, we got to do Kiss sometime, too. No, we, we should. I would like to do the, I don't know, like, we probably would do only Destroyer. Do the live or, okay, I'll fucking do the live I, I think we should just do the live. Alive. Okay. 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 Yeah. Destroyer rock and roll that, that that rock and roll with the saw on the cover and their four fucking faces and <laughs> icon. I've had that one too and I didn't like it and sold it. Yeah, I'm I'm very wary about listening to the actual records. I have a couple. And, um, 
What? I don't. I I have another one of their albums called called uh, Animal Eyes, and it's from mm-hmm. it's from the eighties. Oh, is that after they stopped wearing the makeup? No, they're there's. I mean, on the back of it, they're not wearing makeup, but I okay. think the one right after that or before it, they were still wearing makeup. I don't know. It's, it's glam metal, but I think it's pretty good. I like it. I dig it. But I've listened to it since I, we did the Poison episode, so now I'm I'm worrying. Oh God. That it's awful, and I should go back and listen to it, and probably get rid of it. <laughs> when you were, when you were obsessed, when you were obsessed with listening to glam metal, yeah, for that like three weeks. I mean, like th- this is this is the era of the band where like half the guys aren't even in it. Like it's just it's just Paul and Gene. So, well, I mean, that's I, how it is still. I, I don't know. I don't know how good it is now. And it's only Paul and, and Gene anyway. But well, this Peter is Chris the early hasn't 80s. been in the band. I know, but Paul and Chris hadn't. I mean, Chris hasn't been in it. I think since the early two thousands. And then Ace, yeah, he has he's been in and out for the last forty years. Well, I'm not a I'm not a Kissman. I don't I don't know when they left. I just I thought it was interesting that I don't know maybe because they they did all those those individual albums in the late seventies. Remember where there's just their face on the cover and it was all four of them in the mm-hmm. same year they released it and each one had like full control oh, over the album yeah. itself. Yeah, that's and right. Then, yeah, and then and then two or three albums after that is when. The albums that I, or maybe more than that, the albums that I have, because I've looked it up too, actually. Now that I'm looking at them, <laughs> I don't know. They're, they're right probably, now. yeah, because now I'm worried that they're probably bad. Because I thought Poison was really good, and then I listened to it again, and it was fucking awful. <laughs> so, now, yeah. Now I'm ne- next time, next time you want to bring something like that to the pod, listen to it before, so then we're not stuck doing five albums from Poison. There was, it was. <laughs> It was a fun episode. It just wasn't a fun listen through. It was a fu- it was fun to rank yeah, them. Exactly. It was fun to shit all over them, but it was not fun to listen to them. No, not at all. That was that was a rough week. Yeah, because some were were <laughs> some were so so bad. Some of the yeah, worst the things I had, I've ever listened to. I had to go back three times to actually finish it. <laughs> it was it was so terrible, so fucking terrible, embarrassing. But oh, anyway, so the last thing I have here. Is uh, is my pick of the week? It's uh, Fela Kuti. Picked this one up from Fingerprints, I think it was in Long Beach, and this is uh, the album is called No Agreement. It's his. I'm pretty sure it's his 17th album. Came out in 1977. Uh, we've talked about Fela Kuti quite a bit on the podcast. Uh, he's he's from Nigeria. He created a lot of music while he was there. He pissed a lot of people off in Nigeria, especially the government. Uh, that same government ended up killing his mom throwing her out of a window and uh it's pretty fucked up they destroyed his his home his compound in nigeria because of what he was saying in his music and this was the album this is one of those albums that came out that year in 1977 uh it came out with i think four records in 77 uh the one that that caused the the big uproar was uh the album called zombie and then there was like two other albums and then this one no agreement and yeah he he Put out he put put out quite a bit of music during his career and he collaborated collaborated with some great musicians like Ginger Baker and just he, he Fela Kuti is just so fucking good and the uh, the ensembles that he had the the different members he had in his bands throughout the years were just so rad um, so this one th- this album is just two songs uh, one song on each side of the LP of the record <laughs> and. This one is, uh, the, the song I chose is No Agreement. It's like a 15 and a half minute song, but that's fine. Uh, what I really like, uh, what I really uh, like about this, uh, this 
album is the amount of organ. There's a lot of organ playing, a lot of soloing of the organ. There's very little vocals, and when there are, it's kind of weird and very, um, I guess, African or Nigerian sounding. I, I don't know exactly how to explain it because I'm not super familiar with the genre, but this this album is fucking great. This is like everything I love. If, if they if they if only they added more like vibraphone, oh I'd be all God. In. I'd be all <laughs> fucking in with that. You got the organ and the vibraphone. Forget about it. It's the fastest way to my heart. But uh, so here's the song "No Agreement" uh, from uh, Fela Kuti. There you go, Fela Kuti, and his Africa seventy. He had several several bands during his uh, his career, and this is one of them. So, what do you think of it? Is this is this one that I got from Grace? Oh, you might have got it for me. Yeah, you 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 right. You got this one from Grace. I really should be listening to these because I would have just kept this one. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you didn't. Yeah. So glad you didn't listen to it. <laughs> I'm now I'm going to start listening if if I I mean I see him all the time over there but if I ever if you ever want one and I listen to it, I'm just going to keep it cuz this was good. this was this was good and that that tone and kind of the way like the guitar's picking sounds like uh Frushante from Californication around the world that do 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 Oh yeah yeah like the same That's fucking true. thing they like Frushante over here but uh, it was it was good man it was it was like fantastic it was cool it was such a pleasant, a pleasant listen through when I, cause I just kind of put it on just not really thinking about it. And I just ended up really, really getting into it. And I'd been putting this off listening. I don't know why I've been putting it off for like a month now, but I'm glad I, I glad I did this week. It was really good. Yeah, it was easy. Ah, very it didn't, it didn't re- like require a lot of attention, but yeah, that doesn't mean like it's bad or anything. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's really good. It was really good. It's good stuff. Yes, it really good is. Stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. 
All right, so that that was my pick, uh, Fela Cootie, the album and the song No Agreement. Now, let do, do you want to play any of these songs for the new music? There's only two songs. Uh, I don't care to play them. They? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh no. Nah. Nah, 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 nah. All right, so some new albums that were released this week. Uh, the first one coming from Mastodon. We talked about them earlier. They put out a new uh, new album called Hushed and Grim. I haven't listened to it yet because I'm actually waiting to buy the vinyl. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I'll pick up the vinyl when I'm out in Arizona in a few days, uh, hanging out with you. I'll probably pick it up from Grace because I, I assume Grace will have it. And so I'll listen to it after I pick it up then. I will, I have, mm-hmm. I'm refusing to listen to it. Oh, yeah, here so, we go. <laughs> so they put out like, yeah they put out a new one hushed and grim get into it and uh, another new one kind of a surprise release they they announced it last week and then four days later uh came out on halloween and it's a uh, limb biscuits put out their first new record in eight years it's called still sucks and <laughs> it's 32 minutes long perfect not too long at all and uh there are a couple parts did you listen to it yet i forgot I did not. Fucking guy. This fucking I know. Guy. I I planned on it. I set aside time God today damn, to I do wanted, it. I wanted to talk to you about it too, you fucking guy. I know. Uh, I know. Unbelievable. There there are a couple moments and like maybe one song, maybe two songs that are just kind of uh, acoustic based. Let's just say oh. acoustic based. Okay. Otherwise, you know, the heavy hitter, the heavy hitting songs, the loud ones, the heavy ones, West Borland fucking kills it. I mean, every, every member kills it on this record. It's very self-deprecating. It's very much understanding like what they, like what they are as a band. And I love it. It's like Gold Cobra. Gold Cobra was that same way. It was self-deprecating and in all the best ways. And that's how this one is too. I love it. Our work's great. So Only still, part. They're still There's continuing no with the long gone. Like that's that's what that's going yes. on. Okay. Correct. 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 Good. 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 I also like that they they haven't they didn't put any of the songs that they had released over the last eight years on this record except for Dad Vibes, which was like the single for this. But otherwise, they didn't put like the Little Wayne song on here, and I think like Endless Slaughter was another song. Yeah, they didn't put any of those on there. So it's like all new songs, which was nice. Yeah. Very nice. But okay, I'm hoping that they put out another record soon too because. They're always fun. They're just fun fucking records. Yeah, so. they're 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 a band too that people pretend to hate so much, and you can't because they're fun. Yeah. But now, of course, these idiots are trying to be cool and say, "I've always liked Limp Bizkit. I've never talked shit on them." Fuck you. You have two. You got two you OGs right ones. here. I know straight yeah, up. I've never once, you know, not said not loved Limp Bizkit. I've always praised them. So fuck you know you know okay I was thinking about this I was thinking in my mind yesterday actually mm-hmm. while I was listening to this I I was thinking in my mind that all these people for years and years they would make fun of Limp Bizkit they would make fun of Corn of whoever else but now there's all this like this new metal nostalgia and all these motherfuckers are coming out of the woodwork saying oh Corn is so good Limp Bizkit's so good like where the fuck have you been for the last fifteen years fuck you guys listening to shit Corn is where they've been. <laughs> no, but no. What I'm saying is, they weren't listening to Corn, and now because it's like alternative to listen to that stuff, like it's or it's ironic to listen to it. These motherfuckers. These, These motherfuckers. These motherfuckers weren't there for Corn when I was. So you know, the Wonder Years do uh, a Halloween special 
like mm-hmm. a, a Halloween show where they dress up and they play music as the band they're dressing up as. And oh, last did. year, yes, last year they did dueling Blink sets. So like half the band played Blink songs and the other half played like other Blink songs, and it was cute. Mm-hmm. But the year before that, they did Limp Bizkit. Yeah, that's I forgot about that. It fucking kills it. It was they they did great. It was it was awesome. It was really good. Yeah, I remember that. That was really good. And everybody loved it, of course, because everybody loves Limp Bizkit. And yeah. That's all I got for new albums. Go listen to the new Limp Bizkit record. It's fun. It's nothing. It's not going to like blow you away, but it's a lot of fun. So get into that. Uh, the next thing here is some new songs. Jedi Mind Tricks put out a song called Secondhand Smoke. I didn't care for it. I don't know. I don't know. His voice just sounds so weird. It doesn't. Yeah. It just wasn't what I was expecting. It's too different than what I was expecting, and I didn't know what to expect, to be honest. I, 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 yeah. I think I had way too high hopes, especially coming off of what like Run the Jewels did and, and how that just came in like a storm. But yeah. Jedi Mind Tricks have never done... like Their albums are always really, really, really good, but they've never done anything like, like RTJ4. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just always been like yeah. really good. And their last album, several years ago... Like, I don't even remember because it was just, I don't know, it was uneventful, I guess. But they put out so many fucking albums. They have like 10 albums. But they've also been around since like the early 90s, late 80s. That, dude, the, the psychosocial, chemical, warfare, biological thing. Yeah, that's, what is that, that's, 93? That's their first fucking album. Yeah, that's the early 90s. Yeah, that's wild. Or maybe it was like Great late record. 90s. I think it was late 90s, actually. No, no. That was, that was early. I think it was 93 or 94. I think I think that's late nineties. I think it came out late nineties because actually I don't know why. I I, I think it's late nineties though. Maybe maybe, maybe mid nineties right at the earliest. Because it's just too. It, I don't know. It's too. It's too different than what everyone oh. else was putting out out in the early ni- in the early nineties. There's just no way. It was ninety seven. It was ninety seven. So that's you were like you were closer than I was. Is that late nineties yeah. or mid nineties? It's like mid late nineties. It's it's late nineties. It's late nineties. I guess so, because all I mean, it's just ninety eight and the ninety nine, then two thousand. So you have to have at least yeah. three per, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. You have the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they've been a, a band since the early nineties, though. Minimum. Makes sense. That makes probably they probably put out like mixtapes and shit like that. But anyway, the the new song, his voice is very deep and very raspy. That that's what really threw me off was the raspiness of it. So eh, I didn't care for it that much. And uh, the next thing here, uh, this is um, a guy. His name is Grant. His, his name is called. His name is Grandson. That's his stage name. Great <laughs> fucking name. Um, it's, it's so grandson, good. <laughs> it's, it's grandson Kesha and Travis Barker. They put out a song called "Drop Dead." Man, this is boring. Fucking like, stupid. It was dumb. It's so boring, and I j- I hate this style of vocals. It's it's like this Machine Gun Kelly kind of John Feldman thing that's been going on the last like year and a half, two years where they're, they sound like they're, they're like marble mouth Tom DeLonge, but without the, uh, the goofiness of it, like they take themselves way too seriously. I mean, Tom takes himself seriously as well, but it's okay when he does it. I, I feel like sometimes they, they also, they do like this thing where when they talk, it's very, they're exhaling hard. Like when they yeah, talk, they yeah. talk like this, like that, like it's that type of, of delivery not like machine and kelly does a lot of fucking irritates me 
Oh, it wasn't as, as bad here, but I could still hear it here. And that, I don't know why that bothers me, but it does bother me. But like a lot of rappers do it and it's, I don't know, it's just much, much better. I think that's what they're trying to channel is, is hip hop and doing that style. And it just comes off dumb and inauthentic. <laughs> I agree with you. I agree with you. And I feel like these, these artists would not even be popular if it was not for Travis Barker. And Feldy, so fucking honestly. sick of I'm Travis Barker. I'm so sick of him. I am too. Dude. I'm so sick of this guy too. It, it's just all of this this pop punk hip hop m- mashup stuff has just gotten so old so quickly. It was never really that good, and it's just consistently putting out all this stuff. It's it's fucking boring as shit. It's, Can't stand it's, it. It's too much. Yeah, it's just too much. It's it's an overload of mediocrity, and nothing nothing has been great. Nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Nothing at all. So disappointing. Whatever it makes them money, that's that's really why they're the only reason why they're doing it. But then when you keep money, when you keep putting out half-ass albums, it becomes like the standard. So then when an album comes out and it's not great but it's good, it is now great compared to everything else. And so that's what that like because the bar is just getting lower and lower and lower. So when we get back to like the norm, what should have been the norm now that's that's like the great greatness. And so I, I I fear that next year or in the next six to six months to a year something's going to come out, and it's going to be like we'll think yeah that's that's good it's better than what we've been hearing but it's going to be hailed as like the greatest fucking thing past five to ten years and it's just it's still below <laughs> where we should have been yeah. because the bar is so goddamn low now and it's also also we we've talked about this too we're not like cranky old I mean we are cranky old men but we're we we can we can hear greatness when it comes along like turnstile the perfect example of that what they're doing is so unique to themselves and it's really 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 good they're not pandering to anybody all three of their records are just fantastic and we talked about their newest one glow on and none of their records sound like that no other band sounds like that and they're just like blowing up they're blowing up underground without the help of Travis Barker or any other big name which I think is is amazing that they're not reliant on anybody else but themselves. It's amazing. I love Turnstile. And, and Travis, like he's a good, great drummer. He, I just I yeah. don't think he's ever been in a band outside of Blink. I don't think he's ever done anything outside of Blink. And even in Plus Forty Four, he was still pretty. He was toned down comparatively. Oh yeah. And, and yeah. Plus Forty Four was essentially just a. a, a a letter that Mark wrote and just put music to. And that's, that's why it's so great and, and heartfelt. But Travis is just, he's obnoxious. His drumming is so fucking annoying. He, he doesn't, it's hard for him to play to the band. He's always got to do his own thing and he expects everybody else to bend to his wishes. It's fucking irritating. Yeah. I know. And he doesn't have, like we've talked about too, he doesn't have great groove and he, he's, he obviously is a great drummer, but he doesn't have a great groove and like when he played with Anti-Mask, he couldn't, I never felt like he could keep up with what Omar and Cedric were doing or wanted with that band. He can never really kind of sit back and like let people jam or people just kind of experiment. It's always like he has a hard time of just staying still. And it's it's tough. <laughs> it's tough watching him try to groove with, with people like that. He, just, really he doesn't want to relinquish any kind of control. Like he, he feels yeah. that he is the star of everything he ever does. And even that, remember, like in the in the early, it was like mid two thousands actually, two thousand maybe two thousand eight, late two thousands. But when Adrian Young and Travis had that that 
guitar center drum off. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And like that was really cool. And Travis did a lot of just like snare drum drum line ensemble stuff. And then Adrian Young was doing they're going back and forth and everything. But if you remember the video, at the very end of it, like after they were both done, Adrian was like, all excited and like jumped down off a set to go like hug Travis and like, oh that was so fun. And Travis just like booked it and like went off stage and was done. Of course he did. Fuck that guy. It's like, dude, you were you were already you were already like this. This is pre neighborhood still, and you're already like yeah. this. <laughs> fucking annoying. Oh God, read his fucking book, man. Read his book and get annoyed. I don't think I could I, ever read his book. I I would I'd be so angry. I'd be so angry. Uh, it's you would be, but you should read it just to get angry. <laughs> he's he. I mean, the book perfectly shows. Like he had a ghost right. I mean, not even a ghost writer. He co write. He co wrote it with somebody, and even that that co-writer could not save him from his boringness. He really could not do it. And his arrogance and all that kind of shit could not do it. That's, that's really telling right there. Just, God, I'm so fucking tired, Travis. So tired. I know. And then this Halloween, we didn't even mention the Halloween special that he did. Oh my God. Fucking house of horrors. It was called house of horrors, right? House of horrors. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Dumb. Was he yeah, supposed to be Sid edited. Vicious? Is that is that what he dressed up as? Yeah, it was. And okay. then Courtney Kardashian was uh, Nancy. Dumb. There was like the Sid and Nancy thing. Yeah, very dumb. I mean, it was nice. It was cool seeing Mark, you know, play song, play music again since the cancer thing. But man, so disrespectful to not even like mention Matt. You know? It, yeah. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Matt being in the band, but still, come on. But for he, uh, yeah, he's I, on tour I, with Alkaline Trio, but still. Gotta, as much as they're pushing for for Matt to be in the band, he's in the band at this point. Like he is in the band. They're trying hard to make him a member of the band, but then they still kind of don't let him talk as much or don't invite him to shit. things like this. And it's just it's like, dude, pick a fucking side. Yeah, I know. Oh god, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Done with Travis. I am too. But we'll keep listening. Uh, so is that all you got? You have anything else to say about this episode? No, that's uh, that's it. That's all. Okay, so go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinai Radio. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for the main episode because we are getting into Dr. Dre's album, The Chronic, and we're also going to rank his three records. So get into that. And um, that's it. That's all. That was Barker.